Welcome to Credit Union Conversations Podcast with your host, Mark Ritter, a forward-thinking CEO who excels in helping credit unions, small businesses, and real estate investors succeed. Join Mark as he explores current trends, interviews industry experts, and get fresh insights on optimizing your operations and delivering the best possible services to credit union members. Hello, everybody. This is Mark Ritter, your host of Credit Union Conversations. During the day, I am the CEO of MBFS and New Direction Lending. Thank you for joining us. Every month we creep up on the numbers and it continues to grow where we now get over 1,500 listens and downloads a month, which I'm ecstatic from. We enjoy bringing you a little bit of education, hopefully entertaining you, trying to keep it light. And we love to hear from our listeners about what they like and what they want to hear on a new episode. And also, if you have anything to contribute and would want to consider being a guest on the show. Today, I am really excited about our show because we, you know, we like to bring you some topics that are kind of timeless and, and always kind of help and have a, have a pretty good shelf life. And today, we're, we're really bringing you an episode that we think could help you out today and bring you some solutions today to your credit union on some pain points that we've all been having. Today, our, I have two guests joining me. The first is Rebecca Bacon from Upgrade. Rebecca, hello. Hey, Mark. And Jim Quinn from Upgrade as well. Hi, Jim. Hello, Mark. First, I like to for people just to get to know our guest a little bit and also about the company. So let's start with Rebecca. And Rebecca, if you could uh, just kind of give us your origin story and background and tell people a little bit about Upgrade before we jump in. Sounds great. Thanks, Mark. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm Rebecca Bacon. I lead our uh, financial institutions group here at Upgrade. I've been here uh, just over three years. So I manage all of our uh, bank credit union depository partnerships uh, across the U.S. Uh, Upgrade is a, a neobank um, online lender founded in 2016. Um, we offer personal loans, cards, auto refi, as well as uh, deposit accounts to your mainstream U.S. consumer. Um, we are not a bank. You know, we are a platform. So we sell all of these credit products to um, depositories downstream. So those banks and credit unions that I mentioned, along with some um, asset managers and 40 act funds. And just for full disclosure, uh, Jim Quinn and myself, we worked together many, many years ago, because, which makes us, uh, some people would call us old. Uh, so Jim, <laughs> tell people your background and uh, who, what you're up to today. Well, Mark, it's been actually 27 years since we've known each other, just for the record. Um, we're both you know, more seasoned these days. Uh, but my background actually is in financial technology for over 27 years. Uh, work with a number of commercial lending and retail lending fintech companies. So we're mostly managing large sales teams in terms of that process, but providing products and services to the credit union space for over 27 years. So let's jump in and talk a little bit about what what we call neobanks, fintechs, uh, some of the online players. And, you know, I'm in the credit union space. And to say we are a bit more conservative on the spectrum than other uh, areas, just putting it nicely. 
And I used to always go to, I go to several conferences a year and everybody has their nice trade show booths and vendors and we all talk about what we do. And a few years ago, you would see these places pop up, uh, places pop up. Neobanks, we, we, we sell loans to you. We generate loans online. And now uh, business is booming and the world has gotten a lot bigger. Tell me a little bit about what makes the neobanks different and, and kind of how you define them as a company and what makes you different than, than say, my credit union owners who uh, go in and people open a checking account and sell, do car loans and other things like that. Rebecca, let's start out with you. Yeah. So, you know, I would say the biggest difference is really just the online and app focus. So the, the neobanks, um, like Upgrade, we're focused on 100% digital, uh, best in class, you know, user experience. So it's, it's app driven, frictionless, and, you know, completely free digital banking products. So although uh, it may feel slightly less personal than, you know, your traditional, you say conservative, I'd say traditional uh, credit union focus, it is very much focused on the customer. Um, so just like credit unions are very focused on their member experience, digital banking and neobanks are very focused on the user experience. Is it sleek? Is there any clunkiness in the funnel? Can people get exactly what they need very quickly uh, with an online application? Great. When you look at the numbers and volume levels that a company like Upgrade and some of the other neobanks do, it makes any of the traditional banks and credit unions jealous. And the, the credit unions have spent decades, years, investing in the technology, uh, investing in the systems. And hey, let's face it, a lot of my credit unions have an app that you can apply for online and don't do you know 1% of the volume that a company like Upgrade will do in a month. So, so what yeah. is some of the differentiators that really helps drive that business in volume uh, as opposed to, you know, your traditional conservative banks? What, what really is the generators for, for, that, for that volume? Well, yeah, because, because platforms, you know, like Upgrade operate completely digitally, uh, we're pretty lean in the sense of our um, cost of acquisition. So, like, one of our biggest some of our biggest variable spend is on marketing. So I would say we've kind of perfected the uh, customer acquisition strategy when it comes to doing it safely, uh, you know, from a fraud and credit standpoint online. So although, you know, your credit unions are hyper-focused on their geography or their SEGS, we've been able to really scale digitally. So utilizing partner channels that people may have heard of in every day, like your credit karma's, lending tree, nerd wallets, Places the, you know, the modern U.S. consumer shops for credit. These are places you'll see online lenders and neobanks insert themselves because it's number one lead aggregator for uh, debt consolidation products, new card products, and just learning kind of about their financial well-being. So if you go to, say, uh, a nerd wallet or one of those websites where you learn which, which card is best for you or which loan is right for you, this is where you'll find platforms like ours offering up their services. Uh, so it's a great way to access, you know, the mass U.S. at a very low cost online. Okay. Mark, let me add one yeah, thing it, there. Is yeah, go the ahead, The marketing Jim. is really the straw that stirs the drink. You know, we drive more than 2 million applications each month to our platform. 
um, for Prime and Prime Plus consumers. So they have a quality credit that we can actually sell to our credit union partners. But we reach customers in a way, in a marketing method that traditional credit unions are not going to probably reach today. I'll tell you a quick story. We have um, a $600 million credit union in Chicago. We sell them loans each month. They audit our loans on a quarterly basis in terms of quality control. They had one particular loan. The auditor came into the CEO's office and told him he couldn't believe that this person lived three doors down from the headquarters of the credit union and had lived there for 20 years and had never been in the credit union. So <laughs> he sent one of his loan offices down there to start a relationship. But that just was an example of our marketing reaching people that the credit unions don't traditionally reach. Yeah, it's really amazing. And and it's not just, you know, we can all buy uh, advertisements on the six o'clock news and put our names out there. But it just seems like the effectiveness of a company like Upgrade and the science behind it is just really, like you said, just kind of blows the doors off of what everybody else is doing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I encourage folks, uh, you know, people sometimes when we have new employees to just honestly do a quick Google search. If you type in, how do I refinance my credit card debt? Your first five hits are not going to be Bank of America, you know, this credit union, Wells Fargo Chase, it's going to be all of the online lenders. Those are going to be the first places um, the consumer is presented with if they're looking for this online. So it's kind of the the new age of banking when someone is looking to do, um, you know, take out a home improvement loan or consolidate debt, they go to Google and their first hits will be these lenders. Yeah, I have a uh, 17 and a 20 year old uh, under my wing and hopefully off of my payroll pretty soon. <laughs> and when, when I talk about the financials with them, you know, the concept that they, they have both have our credit union members and have never walked into the credit union and the concept of walking into the branch for their day-to-day -day needs and not to have everything online and ex that accessible is just baffling to them. They, they, it doesn't even seem like, uh, you know, I might as well put the, sometimes put the branch in a museum for them. So. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting to see how, uh, you know, financial services is evolving generation to generation. So I am the CEO of a QSO that is owned by 13 credit unions. And we are technically an unregulated entity here at MBFS owned by regulated entities. Now you're doing consumer loans, you're offering some depository products now, credit cards. What's the regulatory environment and structure like for somebody at for upgrade these days? Yeah, so Upgrade operates under a bank partner model. So, you know, our loans are that we facilitate on our platform are originated by Cross River Bank, uh, our other partner bank, Blue Ridge Bank, so both, you know, fully regulated FDIC chartered bank. So we're under their oversight, um, fairly comprehensive in terms of our com compliance team uh, and legal team. We also do our own, you know, monitoring of their programs the same way they monitor ours. I will say that's something that is, you know, hyper, everyone's hyper focused on it. I think the NCUA has been um, very, very friendly. You know, lots of good fintech pieces they see put out by Rodney Hood all the time. But we're also facing folks like, you know, the CFPB. And there's just, it's very much an evolving space and like lots of focus on fintech just since it's exploded so quickly. Um, you know, people 
get concerned about things they don't know. So I think that is why we see quite a bit of headlines on the environment lately. Uh, we really start the product with compliance. That's like job number one, because if, if the loans are not compliant and they have any challenges with the regulators, we are not going to continue to be able to sell loans to that credit union. And we actually conduct ourselves like we're regulated in terms of the things that you would need in order to pass regulator scrutiny, like Rebecca mentioned from our bank partnership. But uh, our data room vendor management uh, systems and process, uh, we actually conduct ourselves like we're being regulated by an NCUA entity. So, yeah, as we record this, um, Kyle Houtman, the NCUA vice chair, uh, we just released an episode with him. And he is extremely supportive of credit union partnerships and exploring opportunities with fintechs. And, and what he talked about on our show was really these are the types of partnerships that will keep credit unions relevant for years ahead and keep the industry growing. And, and sometimes we, we hear uh, a lot of times the boogeyman of, quote, the NCUA won't like that. What does the NCUA like? When in reality, they're, they're encouraging uh, people for these positions and have created a position to facilitate fintech and credit union relationships. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, it sounds like we've, we've seen a lot of positive, positive press on that side as well. Organic origination continues to be a challenge. And I think that the uh, leveraging the fintech for your ALM strategy is a way that credit unions can continue to survive and thrive in that in that way. Yes, we we all have to be relevant, and you know compliance is the basic blocking and tackling. You know that that's almost assumed at this point, but really the marketing and differentiation and helping build those channels. Uh, let's face it, you know, I have the nicest credit unions in the world, but they can't be in front of every person at every time delivering the services. So we, we have to expand that reach and bring pe- the services to where people are, not where we wish they were. So one of the pieces that I uh, sometimes get uh, worry about and overwhelmed is as I watch the news, as I you know see the ads pop up and get various solicitations, you're in a space where there's a lot of competition. And I, and I think you, you'd, you'd agree with that. Uh, it, it's not that there, you know, it's not that there's one or two players in this space. It seems like there's more and more every day. Uh, and, and for if I named 20 competitors, you could probably name 20 more plus off the top of your head. What really differentiates upgrade from some of the other people or what should people be careful of when they're having these online experiences where they, they should watch out maybe, you know, for some red flags or things that people should be careful of when shopping for these experiences that Upgrade really takes pride in? Great questions. Um, I think I would answer it kind of twofold. Big differentiators kind of from Upgrade or other lenders, other neobanks is really going to be uh, the customer they're focused on. Um, so we've seen a lot of folks that, you know, some of the, you know, Vero, Chime, Monzo, Revolut, you know, all the names you mentioned, we could sit, go on, it could be such a long list. Um, the way people kind of build their neobank, they think about uh, acquiring the customer. And then the second question is, is this a customer you want to lend to? So what we've seen is there's kind of two schools here. There's the 
the neobanks that have focused on deposits, you know, completely free checking, get your paycheck two days early, payday advances, small fees versus interest rates, things like this. Um, and they focused on kind of mass customer acquisition. They have so many customers. However, these aren't necessarily customers you want to lend to. Um, so they kind of focus. Then the issue becomes how is that scalable because, you know, banks profit on credit products. Um, we've then seen some, you know, lenders as well as neobanks focus on um, what we call the Henry's. So the high earners, not rich yet, where they think if you offer, you know, high APY, completely free digital banking, great user experience, refi your student loan, that ultimately one day you'll take your mortgage with them or use them to manage your wealth. But I think what we're starting to see is that um, that theory doesn't play out. When it comes to those big ticket things, people, frankly, go to their local credit union. They want the best rate. Um, and then there's what I would say is, is upgrade. So we've focused on uh, the mainstream U.S. consumer. So this is somebody you know, mid-40s, geographically dispersed, uses credit, you know, carries a balance, a couple open trades, um, but they use credit. They are using credit products. They make payments on time, not in collections ever. So this is someone who, uh, you know, frankly, is a profitable consumer for the bank, for us, uh, for someone who wants to lend, um, but also a, a good customer in terms of credit worthy enough to lend to. So when I think about um, the neobanks, that's first how I would splice it is like, um, who, what, which customer is going to who? Um, and on your second question, kind of what to look out for, it's, it's what you need. Um, so if I need, you know, it helps me to get my paycheck a few days early, then I'm looking at potentially a neobank like that. If I'm looking for, uh, you know, great interest rates, potentially some debt consolidation, you're looking for somebody more like upgrade, you know, use those credit products, access to, you know, direct pay off your credit cards, something like that. Um, the big things to look out for, too, like in terms of, I know you mentioned shopping, like with some of the buy now, pay later and, um, you know, pay in for type programs is just disclosure. I know nobody likes to read the fine print, um, but it's always looking for any type of hidden fees. Uh, you know, neobanks are very good about no hidden fees, but it's important to take a look at, you know, what what fees may apply if they don't pay back during the plan period and then uh, you know, what what disclosure says about their rights in terms of if there's a dispute or if the merchant fails to deliver. So things like that become really important, um, you know, at point of sale. Yeah, Mark, can I comment yeah, we'll on the, the, what the oh, credit unions should look for? Yeah. So yeah. in this area, as far as what credit unions should look for, there are still very many credit unions that haven't partnered with a fintech yet and not sure how to get started. With those type of credit unions, we have a um, presentation that's basically how to evaluate a fintech partner in, in terms of the things that you should look for before entering into a partnership. Now, those are things that are like their compliance credentials, their documented performance of net return on the assets that they're selling, their ability to deliver the volume, uh, the way that they work with their clients ongoing. Uh, all those things are very important in choosing and picking the right partner. Um, our portfolios are constantly reviewed by the regulators, but they're also our whole company and our process is reviewed by uh, very reputable referral partners. People, we're a preferred referral partner for people like Raymond James or Stiefel, who actually we go through a tremendous due diligence vendor management process on their end before they even recommend us. So making sure you do all that on the front end, very important as a differentiator for upgrade as well. And, and Jim, uh, you're actually... Uh you just touched on uh, what what I wanted to talk about next, and 
Yeah, you know, we, we have upgrade. You're, you're bringing tremendous volume. We have our credit union base with their deposits and, you know, individual localized members. You know, how does upgrade really work on a day to day, month to month basis with upgrade or with credit unions? And really, what are you looking in for as a good partner for upgrade? Jim, go yeah, ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll take that one to start. We work with credit unions of all different sizes. We have over 140 credit unions we currently sell loans to on a monthly basis. And they're as large as PenFed, uh, which is one of the largest credit unions in the country that, who buys 40 to $60 million a month in our loans, to um, a $75 million credit union in Arizona that buys $300,000 a month of our loans. Once you're set up on our program and you've selected your credit box and the geography, we're just going to be marketing into that area to develop and deliver those loans to you. So in terms of the type of institution we look for, it's not an asset size. It's really what your balance sheet needs in terms of what you have in terms of liquidity, deployment, and then what type of return you're making on current assets as well. For example, credit unions have lived off indirect auto paper, Mark. You and I have had this conversation multiple times for decades. And because it's been a credit union asset staple. But those are very uh, low margin products where our paper actually returns twice the net return that you're going to get on an auto paper uh, and a shorter duration. So lots of um, you know differentiators in terms of what type of you need in terms of your balance sheet. And, and, and I'm glad you brought up uh, what, what the that inter you know the credit union that hasn't had the fintech relationships before what they should be doing in terms of compliance and due diligence and uh and and pushing it out there you know i i have a a good friend of mine who who just works with fintechs uh and credit unions kirk drake uh, he always says, you know, the, there's fintechs that want to make you lunch and sell you services. There's fintechs that want to eat your lunch and just take your business. And then there's fintechs that want to have lunch with you and kind of work side by side. Uh, you know, where, where would you put upgrade in that model in terms of that relationship with credit unions? Because I'm sure you have heard every objection there is as to why partnering with a fintech is not a good story, even though, you know, the three of us on this call know the reality of it in that it's only a plus for the, the credit union. So, yeah, so what, what, do you, what do you talk about when it comes to kind of those objections and things like that? Yeah, I, first of all, I love the description of the different type of fintech partners. And we're definitely in the last camp. We want to have lunch with you as a partner. And that's one of the reasons why we don't seek a bank charter. Many of our competitors actually have a bank charter where they're actively competing in the banking space. We prefer the partner model where we actually can use the fintech technology to drive traffic, to drive credit quality, and then originate these loans and partner with our credit unions to provide those assets. It's the fear that we're the credit unions that we're competing with the credit unions that sometimes stop people from evaluating the fintech partnerships. But that, that's where the difference in the fintech partner comes in, whether you actually are a bank chartered fintech or you actually have a partnership model like Upgrade does. So in Rebecca, uh, to tell some more stories. So Jim and I first started talking. Um, heck, it must have been four years ago now, close to it at this point. Yep, more than that. And yep. uh, 
Yeah, and and he was saying, you know, geez, you know, we, we got this up. I'm working for Upgrade, and we're we're want to work with credit unions, and Upgrade was significantly smaller at the time, and you know, at at the and and then liquidity started to boom, and we saw great uh, demand from the credit union marketplace. To say that the market has shifted is an understatement. Um, you know, there, the, there, as you, there is still incredibly strong loan demand out there, as I know and you know. Tell yep. me what you're seeing from the credit unions in terms of liquidity uh, in the environment today with regards to purchases, participation, sales. Well, what are you seeing today? It's definitely different. Uh, I would say we started seeing it probably in June. You know, some concern about rising rates, loan to shares changing pretty rapidly, and it's been a a bumpier couple months. Um, I would say we've got a a mix. It really varies by credit union, but we've seen kind of um, big, big out, big, big, big demand from around all lending products, auto, commercial. Uh, I think everyone is a bit, um, you know, worried about the rate environment. So I think the most important thing for fintechs is just to evolve with our credit unions. You know, as their needs change, so do our offerings. Um, you know, the secondary market was bumpy. You know, people selling pools after rates have went up, you know, 100 points. It's, it's difficult. You know, you've got old old whack paper on your books. So we did see the secondary market uh, tick down slightly. But, you know, the secondary market was maybe too hot. <laughs> we saw some really steep premiums, I would say, in 2021. So I think that's been brought back down to earth. Um, but on the liquidity side, what we're what we've just launched and we're actually we launched it um, over a year ago. We kind of backburnered it since there was so much cash kind of in the market at our credit unions. But we're doing a uh, deposit swap for folks. So um, while people are credit unions are focused on you know conserving cash for their core members versus purchase programs, we want to be able to evolve and provide them matched funding for their purchase programs. So. We launched a checking account um, a while back, and we're launching a savings account uh, in November. So the savings account, you know, will be high APY, which is very easy to garner deposits. Kind of just who's ever the highest bidder will quickly see the inflows um, with those digital accounts. And the the goal of the deposits is to provide them to our credit unions in exchange for loan purchases. So instead of having to, you know, set aside ten million a month in your own cash. We'll provide it to you, um, brokered or member, you know, kind of depending on your structure, at something attractive. So maybe slightly less FHLB or um, Fed funds, just so that you can kind of plan your interest income strategy and not worry about uh, hurting your own liquidity levels. So I think you'll start to see more of, um, you know, the smarter fintechs evolve with their partners. You know, we saw some instability and liquidity. I would say more with credit unions, honestly, than we did with banks. I think banks have been borrowing for quite some time, you know, from FHLB and various providers. So we're hoping this is, again, a way Upgrade can really serve our, our credit union space. We've got about, uh, you know, 180 depositories, and the lion's share of those are credit unions. So uh, we're seeing some good traction so far. We've done uh, three since we launched the program and hoping to get a few more on uh, this quarter. So I was at my – I had my staff meeting uh, this week, uh, with our, it was our annual all staff meeting, and the number one topic was the the liquidity stress. And last week and this week, I've had six different calls with six different credit unions about liquidity and demand and what their funding capabilities are. So, 
just because I don't want to bury the lead on this. What you're saying is Upgrade will partner with credit unions in helping bring deposits to the credit union with an amount of offsetting loans to create that spread and profitability and increase liquidity. Well, I wouldn't say uh, increase liquidity, but basically uh, you'd have or, the money for the upgrade program. So what we've seen is credit unions have such great you know, growth trajectories, finally getting loaned out, you know, cross-selling some new members, and to put the damper on that growth story because of the kind of bumpy liquidity in the rate market, you know, we don't want that to happen. So um, we're excited to start offering this to folks, you know, keep keep the upgrade loan faucet on and keep liquidity stable. And we, t- in my universe of credit unions and the owners that we have, the networks and other QSOs, you know, I don't, kn- I, I don't know of anybody, I know of plenty of people bringing loans. I know some people trying to work in deposits and liquidity and borrowing solutions. But I really, w- what I'm excited is, is this is the first people, first group that I'm aware of trying to help out on both sides of the balance sheet to, to bring the loans to the credit unions. So yeah, yeah. That, I think, that is you know, just we call a it phenomenal the program. Peanut butter, Mark. Uh, it's really, uh, we're self-funding the asset position with this program uh, and it's got a lot of traction. I think it'll be a big hit uh, in the fourth quarter. So, so, so that's, that is great. So, in our show notes, what we're going to do is put together the, the contacts uh, for, for both of you, for people to, uh, to, to get uh, connect with you. We are going to, and, and many of the listeners on the show have my contact information. They can check contact with me directly at markritter.com anytime, as well as on LinkedIn. Uh, what's another way the people to get in touch with you uh, on if they want to get uh, started and have some deeper conversations? Actually, just uh, Upgrade.com has a place they can approach or email us directly and we'll set up a call to start the conversation. Yeah, we have a financial institutions group here. So uh, FI at Upgrade.com and that'll capture me, Jim, uh, and our counterparts covering all banks and credit unions. So FI at Upgrade is an easy one for you to grab. That, that, That is great. That is great. Well, I, I, I'm excited, and I've really enjoyed working with Upgrade over the over the past few years, and it's just been a class act and class organization, and a win win for for the credit unions that we work with. And I'm very excited that you're adjusting to the market. Um, and and Re- Rebecca and Jim, thanks for joining me. Uh, any parting shots and comments? We appreciate the chance to talk with you, Mark. Always have enjoyed working with you. If you're, if you're not using MBFS services, you should because they're a great value to any credit union. Likewise. So, Very much agree with Jim. Thank you so much, Mark. Well, well, thank you for the plug. I appreciate it. And for those of you out there in the credit union space, I hope uh, if, if you're not currently working with Upgrade, uh, I hope you have the conversation. And if you are, maybe you want to reset the relationship. But 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 also uh, just a plug for the podcast. However, you're listening to us on your favorite audio platform. Please hit that subscribe button so it cues up on your way to work or at the gym or while you're mowing grass or going on a nice hike. So thank you. Thank you to everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Jim and Rebecca for joining us. And we will talk to you in two weeks. 
Thank you for listening to the Credit Union Conversations podcast. Have a question? Visit markritter.com for more information.